Welcome to the podcast today. Always song and commercial free. Unless the song that we want to play because we like it. I found one of those today, but I won't bring it up because it won't make any sense to anybody. Good afternoon, Alex. <laughs> hey. I uh, This is like a tease of a tease, but I get the sense we could have our boy back soon. <gasps> really? Yeah. Uh, he said they've uh, they've got they've enlisted some help at the store. So I don't know if that was him directly saying I'm good to go. But I am thinking if I if I can put one and one together in this screwy year, I can probably at least get like 1.75 here, and maybe that means that we'll be able to get our boy back here. We'll bring him out of um, Sephora-induced retirement to do some oh fun my gosh, podcast things. Please, please, I missed my buddy. Yeah, he uh, he has an element that none of us, certainly not me, uh, that his affability and his gregarious, welcoming nature. Um, are, are important parts of, of this. and He's very outspoken. Yes. And, well, he's, he's outspoken in a very positive, enlightening way. And then he does it like when things get under his skin. Then he really lets it rip. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to, to some of those things, but we'll call her uh, we'll call her a witch this week. There, there could be good witches, right? Glenda? Isn't it Glenda the Good? Well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, didn't she... Did she start all that that trouble? She should have just sent Dorothy on her way. <laughs> she she manipulated Dorothy into doing her dirty work and killing the wicked witch. So, if this were going to be adjudicated in some type of court, like now we've got a new Supreme Court justice. Here you go, Amy Coney Barrett. How do you feel about Dorothy going for manslaughter and Glinda the Good Witch getting the <laughs> actual murder charge? <laughs> You should see if that would. We should put the question, pull the question to lawyers today. Would this, would this, um, would this work in twenty twenty? Would, would what work? Um, getting Glinda um, oh. arrested for murder. When do you, do you remember? How much did you listen to the old show? Uh, you mean when I was on or before I was on? No, I mean like the old old show, like at, oh, the, at the other the, place. That which we don't speak of. Yeah. Uh, Occasionally. Uh, do you remember when we had Dennis Sawan on? No, definitely not. Um, so Dennis was our lawyer friend and he would come in and he was Oh yes, uh-huh. I remember you had a lawyer that would come on. Yeah, Dennis Dennis was great with uh like a lot of like uh, I don't want to say miniature, but like uh landlord and contract disputes. Mm-hmm. Anything that fell in that realm he was great with. And he wanted to, to dodge some of the other things because um we're doing like law legal stuff over the radio so just you know we gotta we gotta watch it uh, but he was great with that stuff but I always wanted to do uh, a riff on that segment where, where we try to apply Dennis's thinking and, and real laws to like what in that, what happened in the Wizard of Oz and what kind of like liability like let's see the liability insurance did that waiver that everybody signed in, in the Wonka factory does that actually clear him of the deaths that were caused there we should do that. I mean, I'm curious if in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, if the other family had uh, grounds to sue. Um, what's his fate? What's, what's Rick their... Rick Moranis? Yes, Rick Moranis and family. You know? uh, I, I'm sure Dennis would love to do that. I don't know if he's how busy he is or not these days. Um, Janet, we're calling you a witch today. Hi, Janet. Yeah. Now, why am I being called... Why am I being called a witch today? Well, witches get a bad rap. I mean, there are good witches, right? 
Oh, sure. There's the White Witch, the Green Witch, absolutely. Yes. And and I believe the Green Witches have to do with, um, you know, healing and things like that. What What color do you want to be? I'm not really a witch, but I do believe that green witches work with, uh, they're like herbalists and natural. I would say I would, if I was going to be a witch, I would either be a white witch or a green witch because I work with herbs and I'm all about, you know, you know anything relating to purification and things like that. But a green witch is normally connected, they're connected to the spirit world quite a bit, but it's all about nature. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. Now, why, why, did, why the subject of witches? It's Halloween week. <laughs> That's right. I forgot all about it. I've been doing so many parties, I can't see straight. We've uh, we've been talking about it for at least a month now. Um, two full moons during October, and this is the first time since 1944, you were around back then, that we have a full full moon I, on Halloween. Yeah, I know. This is And, and what, what worries me about, oh, by the way, with, what, I was going to say this about Halloween. It's not just um, when we're talking about anything relating to Halloween. When we have a full moon, it, it is very scary because what happens is is that people are already kind of hyped up and they use they use Halloween to do things they shouldn't always do. Not the nice people, the people that aren't so nice. So it's a time that emotions can be very chaotic, a little unpredictable, and people really feel this anxiety, this sort of tug-pull thing versus the sun energy versus the emotional energy. And on top of it, Mercury is retrograde, which is relating to communication. It's retrograde, going to be retrograding back into Libra, and which means that it's been in Scorpio. So that's also kind of chaotic for communication, not using your better judgment. On top of that, Mars, the planet of energy, which motivates us and has, our, has to do with our, our actions, is in Aries retrograde. So we have a full moon, Mercury retrograde, Mars retrograde, all going on at the same time on Halloween. And um, I don't like the weather changing, getting colder. That affects me. And I love and uh, is it daylight savings this week or next week? It's this week. It's Sunday. Yeah. So uh, enjoy life, everybody. <laughs> Alex had a little bit of a, a, a bit Alex. of a throwdown. Hi, Janet. With her boy over the weekend. Oh yeah. Oh, we what just, happened? Oh, nothing. We were just fighting over small stuff most of the weekend until Sunday night. We just decided to give it a truce and let it go, which we did, and it's been great since. You and your honey. Hmm. You no. You and who have been fighting? You, you and your honey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Kim. To your to your point, the communication was was pressed. It's, it is, and Alex is a very good communicator. She's uh, smart, intuitive. I think you're also a very good listener. But he must be feeling a little stressed because normally people react out of emotion, or sometimes they react out of what's been going on like in the past because sometimes mm-hmm. people will bring things up when they're arguing it's always things that have i always say it's based on environment childhood things like that so if he's angry at you it could be sort of a passive aggressive transference thing going on with him too at the same time probably we study him and him. we do we we were just both getting on each other's nerves so at one point i looked at him and i said you're getting on my nerves and he looked at me and said the same so it was like there was that agreement, so we went to our opposite end of the corner and then came back later in the day. <laughs> Aw, 
Are you guys okay now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Janet, what are your plans for Halloween? Do you have a party to do? I always have a party going on, and I've had, a, I've had parties. My busy season starts September 1st. That's when I get really crazy. I have a lull in August a little bit, um, but I'm between, like, you know, in the summer, June through August, I'm still busy, but not as much. But I started getting busy September 1st, and it hasn't stopped. I work seven days a week. I'm trying to take a day off, but it's really hard. But um, on Halloween, I'm going to be doing a party, definitely. I just did one last week at the Toledo Club. It was fun. It was crazy. I had a good time. It was really great. I did tarot and astrology. Isn't it nice that we can we can work and have fun at the same time? It makes life a lot easier. I love what I do. I love the fact that I can help people using my craft and my knowledge and my education because sometimes people don't know my background in counseling, psychology, and all that, and they don't understand that I'm when I come up with things, I'm using a lot of, I use a lot of astrology. I use a great deal of it, but a lot of it's common sense, and a lot of it is just good old common sense and psychology and just being able to listen to the person and give them a little guidance, and then you throw in the astrology. Yep. Yep, the perfect recipe to help people out. It it is. It really is, and it's uh, good. Um, let's uh, let's dive into some some listener readings, if we could, some speed readings. Then we'll tell everybody how to track you down. Sure. Um, you had one person who I don't know. There was no birth date about you know, which I definitely texted you about that because I work with birthdays, so I don't like to guess at things. But this person is saying um, her ber- her birthday is January eighth, nineteen eighty. You didn't give that to me, yeah, sweetie. I, yeah, I did. You're you're drunk. You didn't. I'm looking right at it. Yeah, well, you're drunk in your left eye. Uh, you put a you put a, a little a, an emoji there. You didn't give me a birth date. Look, it says ja- I just opened. Listen, I'm not going to fight with you, Nick. I'll even read this all to you, like you're like you're a little baby. I'll read it to you. Oh my gosh, Nikki. January what? Nikki, one eight. 80. She has a few appealing offers for her house, but she's not sure which one to choose. She wants to make sure she leaves her home in good hands. I just think she should take the most money. That's a good question. Well, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do myself a favor and send you just what I got good. from you. I just good. Sent it to you. Send it. You know what? I'll shove it down your throat, lady. Oh my God! I, he doesn't like to be wrong. He's such an Aries. Okay. <laughs> I would say if if I were her, I would probably. Um, I would probably take the highest bidder. That's what I would do. And I'm following Eric's advice, too. And I would also make sure if she's going to do this, if she could sign the papers after um, November 13, if she possibly could do that, I'd be really happy about November that. November 13? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't like the timing right now. So I, I would never agree to anyone doing anything during this time. A lot of realtors are mad at me because they're saying, quit telling people that because it's messing up my business. Well, I'm not going to lie to my clients, so I'm going to say to you, do not buy anything till after, if you can hold off after November 3rd, it's better yet after November 13th. And after that, I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want because the timing will be better. December, January, really, really good months to do anything. But anything after November 13th is 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 workable. You're you're doing them a favor. Uh, our you remember our my friend Chris Proctor from the other place. 
Oh, yeah. So he moved out of living in, in the Oliver house because he was paying a lot in rent. His parents said, come home, hang out here, and he's been trying to buy a house. Like, he can't oh, yeah. He can't blink, and, and somebody snatches houses up in front of him. Yeah. So it's, it is a fast market. So you're doing a realtor's favor by, like, saying, hey, take a breath. It's stressful. And the realtors that know me, because I work with a lot of realtors, I, I help them with their numerology and stuff like that. The realtors that know me know that I'm not going to make things up. Nope. Now, J- Jacqueline also has a question. She says, um, what's, this is her favorite time of the year, but she's struggling because things are so bad. I totally get that. I love this time as well, but with the planets being in chaos, and plus Jacqueline's going through, she's an Aries, but she has a lot of Pisces. She's very sweet, very fun, very social. I love her energy. Her moon's in Scorpio, so she's always in conflict and battle with herself emotionally. And what the heck's this about with her mother? I don't know what's going on with that. (laughs) What the heck's going on with that? (laughs) But she's... um, She's, she's saying, why am I feeling this sense, sense of stress around my favorite time of the year? Well, the, this time of year we have, not always, but Mercury's retrograde, Venus is not in retrograde, but it's being messed around with, with all the planets kind of hitting it. And we have Mars in retrograde, so things are chaotic. You'll notice that once we get past the election, there will be a sort of a, a, a little bit of an ease. Although, no matter who wins, there's going to be a tug-of-war there. But uh, Mars is going to go into direct on November 13th, and you're going to find that as you approach next year, oh, my God, smooth sailing, sweetie. You're going to feel so much better. You jumped over, uh, and by the way, when I, I sent you that picture, if you click on if you put your finger on it, it'll open it all up so you'll see all the text there. But there's Corinne, 325.85. She wants to leave healthcare and do photography full-time, not just as a hobby. Okay, I think I see it now. I didn't mm. click my finger on the pen. Yeah. Or the little face face. <laughs> Here, I cut don't it know out. that. I go by what you send me. I swear, Alex, I'm going to send this to you and show you what he sent me. And okay. <laughs> she will be able to click on it as well and see everything. I'm just going to send you pictures of my junk from now on. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to see your junk. Corinne is born under the sign of Aries. She wants to leave healthcare and do photography full time. You know, I looked at this chart of yours, Corinne, and I'm. I'm a little nervous about you doing this under um, this retrograde. You know, you, you really shouldn't do it. You're in Aries with all that Pisces, and, you know, you have a lot of Gemini in your chart, and I don't think this is the time to do that. I think you, you should wait a little bit, and if you're going to do it, do it next March 2021. I think it'll be a whole lot better. I definitely see that. And, and so I feel like this, this time, with everything going on, is not the time to do it. So I would really hang tight for a little bit. And Alex, you know me. I don't see what's so special about photography anyway, right? <laughs> you look like, such a weirdo. Great, great. Yes. You, you took a picture and you put a filter on it. Uh, it looks amazing. Oh, I think that takes a lot of talent to, to, to be a photographer. Quit, quit being mean about photographers. I, I, because I just, it takes a lot of talent for that. I just think it's, it's, it's probably quite easy to learn if you have no talent or skill whatsoever. You know I don't think so. I, I think that it's, I, I really think you have to look at the right aim. You have to look at the right, you know, camera. Oh, by the mm-hmm. way, I wanted to mention one more thing. Jacqueline <clears throat> was saying she loves the season and everything. She has a lot of Virgo and Leo in her chart. And she's, and I was looking at the wrong birthday. She has Mars and Cancer. So I'm sorry about that. I still think you have a little bit of a, 
issue with your mom, but that's another thing. She drives you nuts. But I do think that things are going to be better for her. But I want to mention to her, she's under this retrograde heavily, and she's a Virgo, so she's also affected by Mercury in retrograde, too. So I was looking at Corinne's chart when I was talking about Jacqueline. Anyway, I've got them all straightened out now. So it looks pretty good for everyone coming up, as long as you kind of bide your time with anything you're doing and don't get yourself all worked up. Because really, in reality, things are going to be okay, especially in this next year. I think things are going to calm down for people. 2021 is going to be a whole different ball game for us. Just a lot different. Okay. Well, good to I hear. Hope so. Uh, name, phone number, email address. How can people track you down? My, my phone number. You know my phone number. It's 419-882-5510. Give me a call at the office. Because we want to see what's going on with you in the upcoming year. Because for all of you out there, the year of 2021, especially for Leos, Leos are going to see a little bit of the hit as far as work, job, Scorpios, and Taurus a little bit with that. But but I feel like, you know, with, with if you, it depends on what you have going on in your chart based on your time at birth. But 2021 is going to be kind of a chaotic period for Leos and Scorpio to job changes. But again, 419-882-5510 or janetamid at AOL.com. Definitely give me a call. I have an assistant, two of them actually, Pam and um, Jane, and they both help quite a bit. They'll get you in no matter what. We'll do our best. And Janet makes for a great holiday gift. You are so welcome, honey. I'm looking forward to seeing us for coffee. What? I'm not going there anymore. (laughs) Uh, and I'm going to buy. So, you know, or unless you want to buy. Let's go to Chandler's in Sylvania. Oh, I love that place. That's a great place. They let's make go. good coffee. They have really good food there, too. If you yeah. like good food, it's an excellent place. I love to buy local. That's how I am. I'm all about buying local. Um, I will uh, I will text you in the coming days. I'm feeling better after my little thing over the weekend. Okay. I know. You sounded kind of sad. Little, I, I wasn't doing well. I wasn't doing well. You're always going to land on your feet because I'm going to tell you something. You have an excellent chart. You're very lucky, but you've been hit by this retrograde since August. It's been knocking you off your feet for a while, but you're going to be fine in good form. Yep, yep, yep. I trust you. I trust you. All right. Um, I'm right. I'll talk to you soon, I'll coffee lady. Be in context, sweetie. Bye. Okay. Bye, Janet. Bye. Bye, honey. Take care. I gave her your number. Oh, you did? Yeah. She. Uh, she didn't. She got the text message. She didn't click on it, so it opened up to the entire screen. <laughs> the um, I sent an email to her for my mom for her birthday, so I just have to get my mom's date, time of birth is not on her birth certificate. So huh. she was born in another country, and her birth certificate's all ratty and gross looking. So she's got to get another one. She really, as much as I joke about Janet and with Janet to her face. She does make a great holiday gift. Like if you want to get somebody a reading for the holidays, um, for the person that has everything, get them Janet Amid. She's so sweet. She's like, she's calming. Even when she's talking to us on the podcast, like I find myself relaxed. I don't know if it's just her tone or if, cause I have headphones in. I don't know. She's (laughs) she's, she's so sweet. She's confident. She's reassuring. Reassuring. She's affirming. So, yeah. look, I don't have any hacks on this show. I'm the only hack here. Um, <laughs> nothing but pros. Um, where are we? We're, just quickly, because I left it with a tease yesterday, and I don't want to get into it because I'm, I'm kind of, 
Leary, we're getting all these emails from work. Watch what you talk about. And somebody said something to me about the podcast, and I get it. Like the podcast <gasps> is also part really? of Well, the podcast is also like under the umbrella of work, so I gotta be careful. Is it because I said some I told somebody to mind their business and call them the B word? I'll make sure I watch no, my mouth. No, no, no. But you know, the the radar's up and you know, as much as I have all these phantom clicks on the podcast now, it's not really on anybody's, you know. Somebody would have to be really out to get me or one mm-hmm. of you guys, and, and mm-hmm. I'm just not really concerned about that. And I think for the most part, we're like 95% responsible. That's why when Trump got COVID, I went back and re-listened. I was like, <laughs> so, um, but I listened to this podcast, and I, I think we're in agreement that the Electoral College has kind of like outlived its usefulness. Yes. It was invented because... Uh, the, the founding fathers didn't believe, and look, I get it. There had to be a lot of compromises, including leaving slavery in the constitution, which is awful. Um, they wanted to have electors because they wanted to have smart people making the decision for people who were poor and broke. And Mm -hmm. that's just the way they ran things. And it was awful, but it's outlived its, its usefulness these days because we're probably, it's very likely if and when Trump wins, he will lose the popular vote, but we'll have won the electoral college. And, you know, that rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, you hear the discussions, oh, well, the Democrats only want, want, want the Electoral College changed because they can't win that way. Well, this one podcast that I really enjoy, The Daily from the New York Times, um, they had an Electoral College expert on. And look, it, that, that whole website obviously leans Democratic, but pick apart my views all you want. But they pointed out, if not in 24, by 28... Texas is going to be a big blue state. And at that point, you might hear a lot of Republicans going, hey, we should uh, probably get rid of the Electoral College now. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> We're not doing that with their 38 electoral votes. Because I I tried to look it up and I couldn't come across anything. There are states that are turning at least a, a shade of purple. Arizona. Arizona. Texas, yep. certainly to a degree. And that goes back to the Beto O'Rourke rise from a couple of years ago but yeah i'm looking forward to the day where there's real where there's real concern that texas turns blue and i don't want to hear any conservative claims to go we should really get rid of this no we're not doing that we're not we're absolutely not doing that i mean i know there's disdain to like um agree with any kind of democratic talking point for republicans but like it really should matter what the popular vote is. I mean, that is the vote that you need and you want. That means that you truly were voted in by the people, not by some format. Yeah. But not by a couple of states. Exactly. So I just think that, um, but I think that there's just an overall refusal to agree with a democratic talking point, no matter how much sense it makes, you know, to you in private. (laughs) It's just, and even if it doesn't, like, and I'll always believe that, so I voted for Biden. If he doesn't have more votes than Trump in this state, my vote is null and void. It, it does not count in what contributes to electing the president because all mm-hmm. the votes go to, uh, in, I think there's only like two states that can split up the votes. Um, but if you don't vote for the candidate who has the most votes in your state, your vote does not count. And I hate that. So I tried to look into this. How do you become a part of the Electoral College? Are you voted in almost Great like question. a councilman would be or a representative? Some, some of these people might be 270 years old. I don't know. I, I don't know. But <laughs> like Democrats want to make some reasonable 
mathematical adjustments mm-hmm. and Republicans don't. But that's why when I heard this dude say, when Texas flips, it's game on for, for the reverse discussion. And I'm going to be like, la, 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 can't hear you, can't hear you. <laughs> there's, at, there's at least the split the baby idea. And not to belabor this whole point, but there's at least the split the baby idea of uh, get disseminate the electoral votes in the state based on the percentage of votes a candidate got. Mm-hmm. So, like, if President Trump gets 53% of the popular vote in Ohio, he gets 53% of Ohio's electoral votes. I saw that, yeah. But they also said traditionally the uh, electoral college representative will vote in the way that the district voted. Yeah, they're called, uh, there's the uh, the name that you hear every four years, faithless electors who don't go with the state. Uh-huh. Um, and that got thrown around with Hillary a bunch of years ago. But I don't... Forget the math and, and the logic of it all. Go back, and this is obviously my problem with the, the base uh, with the Constitution. Like they created the Electoral College because they thought everybody was stu- too stupid to pick the president. <laughs> Isn't it because they just felt like everybody didn't have access? Wasn't that the goal? They well, felt that, like everybody didn't have access, so they wanted something to represent the parts of the of the population that weren't, you know, that were underrepresented. And. We're not underrepresented, not underrepresented, because guess what? If you were underrepresented, you just didn't get to be a part of the process. That's it true. was, the, you're right, the rural, the rural white dude, the rural white farmer guy in 1790 or 1801 <laughs> didn't have access to any kind of education. So they're like, Charles, I got this. I'm going to pick this for you. I'm much smarter than you. And they would <laughs> let you know it. He's like, I just want to know who's going to get me their damn teeth. Right. So I can get some dental care. Right. But if you were uh, a wo- <laughs> if you were a, a woman, uh, if you were any kind of minority, you weren't part. You couldn't even vote. It was, it was all, it's awful. And I wish, I'm more, I wish more people dug into the process and didn't want to take sides. And they went back to the beginning of this and, and, and realized they wouldn't let me vote because they thought I was stupid. And we're still going by that today. Pretty much. And I think women aren't mentioned in the Constitution at all. But we're created equal. (laughs) There's so much hypocritical bullshit in that thing. What a mess. It's like, you're going to... Never mind. We're moving on. We're moving on. (laughs) What a mess. Let's go to the fun thing. Um, The Purple Pumpkins... Hold on, I'm gonna. My internet is playing a little game with me now. So one second, I'm gonna jump off and jump back on. Would you like to play a game? Okay, I'll be here. Okay, hold on. Uh, I think it's coming up on the podcast. I'm gonna get to this Mitchell Miller story because I shouted the dude out a couple of weeks ago and congratulated him for getting drafted into the NHL. And then I see, well, I saw I saw stuff, and then I spoke to his uh, the boy who he bullied's mom, and nothing has really changed. But there's. I'm dismayed in a couple of ways, but we can easily move on from. All right, Purple Pumpkins, I guess is a thing in point place because some people on the internet saw this in the past. Like, teal pumpkins mean that you gave out allergy-free candy, and Purple Pumpkins means it it was prepared in a COVID-safe way. Yeah, wasn't there something about a blue bag for um, autistic kids, too? I think they do that as well. I just take issue with the Purple Pumpkin thing. uh, because You take issue with it? Tell me why. Yeah, because... COVID safe is is how you should have been handing out candy all along, as safe as humanly possible. Oh, okay. Like, honey, can you can you get can you get to the door? I, I haven't washed my hands and I just I just pooped. <laughs> like, 
The COVID safe precautions should be what you've been doing all along. I guess that's, the, yes, that's technically true if you feel like, you know, being difficult about it. I, yes. Yes, I want to be difficult. Like, <laughs> you didn't want to, like, you didn't think about using hand sanitizer as dozens of kids or whatever are coming in contact with you and whatever. And that's not being a germaphobe. That's just, like, trying to be clean. So I know that there's a pumpkin. I know a pumpkin is happening and a pumpkin will be in the home that can, that will let somebody know that, you know, the candy was um, handled in a COVID safe manner. But it, is there more to the purple pumpkin that, or is it just that that there lets people know? There might be. Uh, I didn't go to the link within the link. I just saw this on NBC24.com. Yeah. They did a story about a couple of ladies who in Point Place, I think, who saw the story online I, I, I don't care. Like, look, it's a, if you want to have fun and paint your pumpkin, great. Have all the fun with pumpkins in the world. But this goes back to my point that I've been saying since, like, March and April. Like, if you just wash your hands and be a little bit cleaner than usual, which you should be doing anyway, considering how much contact we come with people, you shouldn't have any change of behavior at this. So is this a thing where there's, like, too many cooks in the kitchen? So Yes. <laughs> it's over. It's... I forget what I forget what the the axiom or the cliche is, but you're literally killing a butterfly with a bazooka. <laughs> We're just overdoing it. Good idea, great. Have at it. Have a good time for those who want to do it. But you know, let's generally practice this anyway. So, is there going to be people checking for needles and stuff in kids' candy and can, drugs, or is that no? Is can, that a no? <laughs> can you make it a red pumpkin if there's a good needle in there that I might be able to reuse if I ever decide? Um, the, the funniest thing I've seen so far was the meme that's, that said, parents, please, and I think a lot of this was an old wives' tale or a legend or an urban legend. I don't know of any of this stuff. Like, you you heard the joke like five years ago, like, ain't nobody sticking their weed in your kid's candy they're giving out. Um, the note said, parents, check your kids for their candy because... You could wind up with something like this, and it's a can, it's a piece of candy broken apart, and says, "I've been trying to, been trying to get in touch about your expiring auto warranty." <laughs> Mark my words, this Halloween because it's a um, full moon, and there's all sorts of chaos and drama this year. Let's see how many um, Trump signs are going to be vandalized, or Biden signs, or Bi you know what, or Biden signs. Yes, um, I thought I think about that person in Michigan that put razor blades on yeah. the bottom of their I love, I would, so I don't, I don't know what I would do. Like, would I do the reverse psychology on that? Do it. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would put up a Biden sign and, I, and I'm really lazy for not having put up like Black Lives Matter, rainbow stuff, because they, they do proliferate my neighborhood. So what would I do? Would I put up a, a Trump sign? No, 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 no. I would want to put up a Biden sign with razor blades, right? I can't. Yeah. So, it out. yeah, you, there's. I will say there's an equal amount of um, potential vandalism on both sides. So there right. could be, and that's. I think that's a very fair question. But you could be a Halloween. Your Halloween costume. You should have a Trump flag on your patio and like dress in a certain way. And then someone's like, "I like your stuff," and he's like, "Thanks. It was a costume." Uh, I got it. <laughs> Hold on, sorry. Hold on one second. I got to do a traffic report. We got our first one of the day. Oh, goody. Sorry, you're not going to be a costume. Although people dress like Hillary Clinton. I had a Martha Stewart costume one year for Halloween. Around the time she was going to jail. 
Was it like... Uh, Just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. So you, you were not like in a jumpsuit or something? No, I wasn't in a jumpsuit. I was I was in like a floral um, sweatshirt with a collar with like a, a white collar. And I had on like elastic pants, elastic at the top pants. And I spray painted a cardboard box silver and, and drew on some stove burners. And that was where you put in the candy. So I cut a hole in the in the top of the cardboard box. And I told people to place the candy either in the stove burner or open the oven and put it in the oven. <laughs> Helpful. I was a weirdo. I even got a blonde wig. Do you have <laughs> Halloween plans for, I mean, because it's Saturday night. So, I mean, aside from all the weird stuff, like all bets are off. We can have a good fun night. And I haven't looked at the forecast, but I'm guessing it's going to be kind of cold. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 55 is the um, high. Sorry, I just yawned. Is the high for the day. So it's probably going to be a little chilly. Not as chilly as last year, though. I think last year was brutal. It was like low 30s. Um, uh, I always spend Halloween with my nephews. So I will go over there and either go trick-or-treating with them or pass out candy at their house. Um, A friend of mine is having a small gathering with a few of us who have stayed connected through the pandemic i'm a little like worried about going now that things are getting worse but um the halloween theme there is uh redneck so (laughs) we i have to dress as some sort of redneck and Mm. i'd like to point out these are white folks that made this theme right not me um thomas and i are the only people of color that attend and thomas is like i'm gonna be jason and i said you better be a redneck jason if you're gonna be jason um I don't know who the friend group is, but I, I was just thinking that you don't have to go real far from like where we're each sitting for people to not dress up and just wear their normal clothing and do their normal behavior to attend this party. Yeah, I, I mean, I could just, yeah. It's, um, I don't think you've ever met them. No, you have. No, yes, you did at Pride. Yes, you did. You just don't remember. That's okay. Okay. I, I, my, uh, our, an engineer that we used to work with at the other place does this big uh, ornate presentation with Ooh. scary things and like animatronics. I don't, I don't know if he's, I've never been to it. Um, cause Halloween, he always did it on a weeknight and I couldn't get over there. I think he lives in Sylvania, but I want to go check that out. But I also, I do kind of want to be at home to give out some candy because I've never had a good Saturday night at my new place. And it's been very quiet the last few Halloweens. It, oh, around your place. Yeah. And, and I'm still anticipating it's going to be a even for a Saturday night, it's going to be unusually quiet. I'm still thinking that yeah, more think so. more people who don't contribute to any kind of polls or tweet anything or get on social media are just like, you know what? This is the year I'm going to take up Eric's advice and just buy the kid a bag of Kit Kats from Target. No, my brother's house, my brother lives in the, um, they call it the Bird Streets in Bowling Green. That is, I feel like that neighborhood is straight out of a Disney movie where kids are just running everywhere and screaming and having their own little play world. Like there's kids everywhere, everywhere. I cannot, I can't even, everywhere in that neighborhood. And so I just know for Halloween, it's going to be absolutely insane, especially if Halloween were to be like warm this year. (laughs) But no, I mean, there was a ton of kids last year. There will probably be a ton of kids this year. So I'll expect it. Um, there's a lot of, uh, Trump signs in that neighborhood. So I feel like there will definitely be a ton of kids because the parents are going to be like, so <laughs> right. my kid's going to go trick or treating. <laughs> Sorry. It's not related to Trump at all. I take it back. Like, like the dude who came on my Facebook post. <laughs> I got so much energy from your response. <laughs> what, what, like, what, what are you talking about? Why, why are you like, take, take your evangelism, your anti-mask evangelism elsewhere. I'm just talking about the ridiculous of. Who cares? Of- 
Like he just wanted somebody to hear him, so I blocked and booted him, and and even oh, Russ, you did, yeah. And Russ was like, you know, don't be on the radar. I was like, ah, I'm diplomatic. Who cares? I was like, who? What is the problem? Like, so what if they want to have a purple pumpkin? Like, let them have a purple pumpkin. Why the hell do you have to step in and say, well, if you're that worried, just don't go trick or treating? Like, God forbid a parent is trying to figure out how to give their kid a normal Halloween while still being safe. Like, what's the problem? But, <laughs> just like Jesus. But still, you should you should still be clean when you're handing things out, pandemic or not. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Uh, Jody's neighborhood in uh, she's on the others uh, if you're going north on the trail and the zoo is on one side her house mm-hmm. is on the other side so it's kind of Beverly-ish I don't know what that neighborhood's called but her neighborhood and I went Beverly. to Beverly is that another yeah the other I is guess it by so. me? No, no 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 it's like between the trail and down by the river I don't know I, I think it's uh, Beverly uh-huh. uh, yeah it's Beverly is it by uh, Wixie or Past Wixie. Uh, it's in the... that area. Like you can okay. go into that area. Um, her backyard is up against the trail, and I went to her house for Halloween one year, and, and it was like your 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 cousins, your nephew's neighborhood in BG. It's like mm-hmm. that. There's just kids running everywhere. Oh my god, kids everywhere! And I'm at. I am. I actually am to the point where I would like children, and I'm excited for that opportunity. But I'm still very much like, eh. <laughs> you know, kids everywhere. Like, ah, get away from me, you beast. You should have a chat with Bethany. <laughs> really? How is she doing? She seems very unthrilled about the whole experience. <laughs> and she's being very like utilitarian about it. Like I need like I have I have to keep the child alive. I probably have to be affectionate and love it a little bit, but I'm gonna do the bare minimum. And meanwhile, Josh is like neck ne- laying next to it on a on a new blankie. That's totally Thomas. That's that's funny. That's gonna be us. That's our dynamic for sure. Um, a couple other things. Uh, did you read the article about the hockey player? I did. I, what, do you, what do you think about that? I'm curious. Okay. Um, so his name is Mitchell Miller. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to one of the Sylvania schools, and he came out of the, the hockey places, the hockey greatness of Tam O'Shanter. Um, and he got drafted in the fourth round by the Arizona Coyotes. And I shouted him out because I saw a story in the Blade whenever this happened, whenever the draft was, within the last month or so. And I was like, hey, you know, good luck to this dude and the other kid. Forget the other kid's name locally who got drafted pretty highly. He was a fourth-round mm-hmm. draft pick, so not like... 58th round and you know he'll never play a lick of pro hockey at 18 right yeah Mm -hmm. um and then last night i saw an article from somebody uh on facebook from az central that's kind of like the blade do you know what m call is no i think it's like a digital news source but a but a popular one and i think usa today they're part of the usa today network well their hockey writer said you know Mitch Miller uh, was responsible for being kind of racist and, and a serious, nasty bully four years ago. Um, Isaiah Myers Crothers was the kid. He is, uh, I think he's he's mixed, and I believe he is on the spectrum somewhere and has some development difficulties. And I think they made Isaiah lick a urinal. So, and they, they called him the brownie and the N-word. So this was not like picking on a kid. This was some, right. like, if you're going to go to, this is like. Hateful. Yeah. And this is like one or two degrees away from, and I think he actually got hit with like assault and something violation of the Ohio school code. He had 25 hours of community service. So, so Mitchell Miller did his time. He also had to write. Letters. He had, he had to write, uh, uh, well, he had to write an apology to Isaiah and to the family as directed by the court. So fast forward 
three years and 50 weeks later, when they're, when I read the articles on the Blade and WTOL about uh, Mitch getting drafted, there's no mention of that instance. And this was maybe because I know his mom a little bit. His mom, Joni, used to come to the radio station because she was the super coupon lady. She's actually given me like lots of free goods before because I told her that my mom's thing was couponing. We had a had a bond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew Joni a little bit and her husband was involved in something else. And there was like a lot of Sylvania drama. But I was a little disappointed in the Blade and WTOL or whoever else did a story about Mitch saying that Mitch was responsible for this several years ago, but it was it's the perfect opportunity to ask a follow-up and say, how have you grown from, from this? What have you learned? Because he was 14 years old, and apparently the Coyotes knew about this. Mitch, I think what you're referring to, wrote a letter to all the NHL teams, you know, the stuff, what I've learned, how I've grown, so on and so forth. Um, I believe he had a statement of apology again to Isaiah and the family, but again, through the organization. Um, There was another boy involved who his mom told me last night apologized personally to Isaiah. And Mitch never did this. Um, So had he done this, like there's literally nothing new other than me finding out he never apologized, like personally, not like not directed by the court. Didn't could have just picked up the phone and said, dude, what I did was awful. My bad. I am totally sorry. And we could have just left it and dropped it. So he apologized at 14, but he didn't apologize again. He apologized as directed by the court at 14. Mm-hmm. Oh, and but never personally, like never. Like one of the other kids. I see. Which um, I think is the decent human thing to do. And if you didn't do it, if I was your parent, I would make you do it. So he wrote letters. So then he wrote those letters to the NHL teams before any of this information even came out? Uh, no, because there was... Uh, the teams or the he knew that it would come out which is smart oh, right that's so, what I'm saying like did he try to get ahead of it by yes yes, okay. yes he did and I guess the Coyotes when they drafted him knew about it and, and spoke about you know we draft kids to make better we, t- we want to turn young men into uh, great young leaders all, all that stuff I think Joni is just upset, and she told me this. We would have liked an apology, and I think that's a completely reasonable ask. Like, again, this is not word. This is beyond words. He had to take a hepatitis test because they made him lick a urinal. Joni is Isaiah's mom. Yeah. Oh, I thought Joni was Mitch's mom. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No. Okay. Wow. Then that's fascinating because yeah, that's an interesting perspective that you have. I. Um, when I read this, you know, obviously my first thought was like, okay, he was in the eighth grade, but then I immediately thought about, um, and this probably isn't even related. I'm not even going to bring it up. Actually. I take that back. Um, I don't know. Give the kid a chance. He's still a kid. He's 18. Give the kid a chance. And if there's behaviors or if there's some sort of, or even like, I don't know, bring him on the team in some sort of probationary, well, I think that's all in place, and I don't. I, by no means do I want to see this kid cut or kicked off the team. Right. I right. just think it's it's not unreasonable for Joni and her family to have wanted a personal apology. No, no, I don't think it's unreasonable either. And I think what he, you're right. Like what he did was not just simple, like picking on somebody. Like that's disgusting in a manner that I mean, he was 14 in what 2015, 2016 or so. Yeah. Okay, so in a year where he has complete access to the internet, complete access to film and media that show what bullying does to people. 
you know what I mean? In a different manner than like if you were in high school in the 90s or if you were in eighth grade in the 1980s where you only knew your own little personal bubble. You know what I mean? And what happened with him. So I think that um, bullying in in this time and in this age is a lot different than it is um, decades ago. And so um, the idea of should have known better or is well aware of your actions and what you're saying and what you're doing, even in the eighth grade, because I did read the response that you know, in the response, and he's, I'm a, I apologize for what I did when I was 14 years old in the eighth grade. Like, you're trying to pull that out to, to, to tell people, like, I was young, I was a boy, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know, um, where I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't buy that. But I don't think he should be, I don't think this opportunity should be taken from him. Not at all. But I, I do feel like um, Isaiah and Isaiah's family does deserve an apology because it's probably something that he still has not forgotten about. Not at all. And now he's probably extremely embarrassed that these things are coming to the surface. Yep, yep, yep. And my, my you can't, and I don't ever want public pressure to force any kind of apology. You're either going to mm-hmm. be the right kind of person and family to do it on your own like the other family or you're mm-hmm. not. Um, mm-hmm. I guess my biggest disappointment is is in the local news outlets because mm-hmm. I would not have, I would have contextualized the shout out to, I was like, hey, congratulations to Mitch Miller from Sylvania. He got drafted by Blankenbach and the other kid was drafted, I forget his name, was drafted by the St. Louis Blues. You might remember Mitch was involved in this incident and, you know, hopefully things have gotten better for all parties since then because I think context would be important. This was not, this was not like underage drinking. This right. was not, you know, a speeding ticket or three. This was like some racial stuff and picking on a kid in a lot of ways that couldn't defend himself. And like, again, he had to get hepatitis test and other tests as well. Some really gruesome, disgusting thing. And I, I wish I would have known that I might not have been so quick to give him a shout out. Not that I- my, my shout out means like any kind of blessing, <laughs> but it was a little embarrassing on my part. I feel like this is the second time we've had a conversation about what someone may or may not have done at 14 years of age, like related to Toledo. I mean, this is actually really interesting because I think, um, and I'm speaking regarding um, the Dia stuff. Yes, the Dia stuff. Yeah, because I I was going to ask you if you wanted to talk about that. Yeah. So um, I my response to that was like, people were like, oh, I shouldn't be held responsible for what I did when I was 14. I'm like, you didn't shoot and kill someone. Like you didn't shoot someone in the chest. And I remember at the time I was like, you know, unless Mr. Dia did this with self-defense and you know, he doesn't have any kind of record after that, or he didn't do it in self-defense. He did it out of like negligence and, and wanting to seriously harm someone, but he chose to live a life to rewrite that wrong as an adult. You know, that's one thing, but I don't think any of that happened. There's, so There's something in the 13 ABC story from Alexis Means who countered what, wherever the other story came from, I guess was the blade. Mm-hmm. She, she spoke to some, to the family of the, the, the person that was killed and they're disappointed mm-hmm. that, it, that it came out. But something was weird in the story I read. It said there was some kind of encounter. He went home and got a gun and came back. So that kind of, and I don't know how accurate that is. It's, it's in the story though. And that doesn't scream of self-defense. I did hear from um, Channel 13. It was actually reported on the news today that it was some sort of dispute over a potential girlfriend yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. a female where d- the Dia campaign is trying to say it was a dispute. Uh, it was self-defense and it was self-defense related to Tony being picked on because he was Muslim Um and so those are those are two completely different stories potentially. Yep. Yep. And so um, I feel like 
Um, this isn't looking, this doesn't look good for Mr. Dia who already had to explain um, aggressive comments that allude to violence um, in, you know, when he was referring to his, when we were referring to his comments from the summertime related to the Black Lives Matter protests. And, um, you know, it's one thing if he decided to, if he did make a mistake at that age and he wanted to turn his life around, but it doesn't look like he does if he had a three-page rap sheet from his record. Well, and then there's that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to, to not vote for him. And I, I have one. Did you watch Emma's interview with the candidates from our friend Emma from WTOL? I did not. No, I'll All have right. to take a look. Yeah, I think she put him up on YouTube, but I'll come back to that in a second. From the 13 uh -huh. ABC story, it was revealed last week the Republican candidate, Tony Dia, had served time for a juvenile as a juvenile for shooting and killing another teen three decades ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I get it. I'd be pissed too if somebody unsealed records that shouldn't be unsealed. Mm -hmm. But politics right. can be dirty. Victoria Correct. Lambrecht says she was shocked when the murder of her son Ivan resurfaced 34 years after the crime. It happened on Chase Street in 1986. Dia entered a plea to voluntary manslaughter, spending a year in a juvenile correctional facility. She says her son was coming home from a friend's house, passing by an ex-girlfriend's home. She says the girlfriend, her new boyfriend, and Tony Dia were there at the time and words were exchanged. She claims Dia went home, got a gun, came back and shot her son. That's not self-defense because as soon as you go home, it's done. Yeah, I mean, it's, and there's motive and intention in, in right. all of that. Um, I just don't, I recognize that anytime I see Mr. Dia's face, I feel a certain amount of like empathy towards him. Like I just want to hug him because I feel like he has not done him, he's done himself a disservice and that, you know, his son passed away and he experienced something extremely tragic this summer. And now he's putting his life and his record just up there for everybody to ridicule. And I feel like this wasn't the right move and it was not the right time. I feel, I don't feel badly for him, but I feel empathy for him. And I also just don't agree with his motives and his intentions on that. If maybe his son's passing caused him to want to change or make a difference in the community, that's one thing. But like, if, I mean, if you are trying to come to the table because you support the police, it's like, the way that, and I think maybe I talked about this on the podcast before, I don't remember, but I'm like, Chief Crawl does a really good job with the police in Toledo. And our you know, Toledo Police Department, while it absolutely deserves a lens and some attention and some adjustment, is not to the point where, like, you know what I mean? I, and, and that's exact. I'll provide some context if I can. Thank you. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I agree a thousand percent. I don't think he was trying to capitalize on his son's death mm -hmm. um, in any way, shape, or form to meet these long-held political aspirations. He was very forthcoming and open, candid, very natural in the interview with Emma. Mm -hmm. There was a decent rapport going on there. And Emma asked him, he said, why are you running? And he said, it's the least I could do um, after all the outpouring of support that I got after my okay. son's death. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that at face value. And then he said, you know, I'm too old to be a police officer, so I thought the best thing would be to run for city council. And I would have said, whoa there, Tony. Hold on a second. Not even thinking about, like, the laundry list of things, like the rap sheet, the killing that may or may not have come out when, when you were a, a teenager, uh, whatever may or may not have been happening at the strip club that he says he was just, like, a shareholder with. I would have mm -hmm. been like, council's a big fucking headache, and you are a businessman, and if you've got some resources, you can probably do far more good in the community and get a lot more help. 
by not going on council. Because guess what? I would never want to run for council because of what you said. The ridicule that your background will go on, which is deserving because you want to put the best of the best there. Exactly. So somebody should have said, Tony, tap the brakes. I get it. You want to give back to the community for this outpouring of support. There are many other options in between police officer and city council that people will be glad to have you a part of. Yeah, I just I don't I don't feel sympathy for him. I don't feel um, badly for him. Like he doesn't deserve for people to feel sorry for him. But when I look at him for some reason, I just want to hug him, and I'm empathetic in a way that maybe he doesn't even like. I agree. Pick up on, um, but he got bad he, advice. Yeah, because his life is just out there now for everybody to see, and he has to continue to live as his business owner, as a father of somebody who's who's lost their son. Like he has to continue his life and. You know, I hope that this can be done with after um, the third so that we can move on. And hopefully, you know, I, I don't think, you know, with everything that's come out, I really don't think that I think he has some support, but not enough to win um, the seat. So I just I hope he can move on. And, you know, this, this people underestimate politics. And look, people voted. A lot of people voted for President Trump because he was not a politician, but he yeah. was. You can put politician and shrewd businessmen on the same pedestal. You can't get in with those sharks. They will eat you alive. Yeah, and I would like to, he does, but you're exactly right. He does still have room to do things for the community in other ways, and I would love to see that happen. Yeah, that, absolutely. I, that I want to see. Um, last thing. This is idiotic, but also maybe ingenious. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see the meme that said, what happens if Santa has COVID and gives it to every family on the planet? I have not, but that's funny. Yeah, that would be bad. I mean, is, is Santa getting tested? <laughs> on the other side of that, a deal between Santa Claus and the U.S. government has fallen through. A report published in the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal yesterday details the end of a plan that would have saved Christmas from the nasty green Grinch fingers of the coronavirus by offering mall Santas across the country the opportunity to receive early vaccine access ahead of the general public in exchange for them promoting the benefits of a COVID-19 vaccination. Oh my gosh, that's actually, that's, so the Santas won't be able to get a vaccine so they could sit at their Santa seats for, uh, at the malls? Homer Simpson, that's like a Homer Simpson level idea. Maybe there's another analogy that would be better. Like I was going to go back even further and say Al Bundy, but everybody knows Homer Simpson. I think it's funny. (laughs) Like it's ridiculous, but it's also like, Hmm. who doesn't trust Santa? Well, well. It's going to be fascinating this holiday season. What can and cannot happen with COVID, and I doubt that little nope. um, little Sarah, little Sarah Paisley and Joel are not going to be. Shame on that. Joel is my nephew's middle name. <laughs> little Sarah Paisley and and Adam are not going to be able to sit on Santa's lap this year. Right. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oof. It, it, it sounds. It sounds like that would have come out of this administration or if like this was like a like this was an S, not even an SNL idea. This would be like I don't know, in living color or mad TV. It's like I've got a great. OK, did you watch Borat yet? No, I did not. Can I ruin no. it? Can I ruin something for you? Yeah, sure. I'm still going to watch it. All right. Here we go. And again, you watch it for the laughs anyway. So. When he gets uh, selected to go, he's got to make nice to, uh, he's got to deliver a, 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 a monkey. He's got to deliver a monkey to the Vice Premier Pence. Um, something happens with the monkey, but his daughter, who is jealous of 
the the brothers in the family stowed away with the monkey, and then uh, Borat decided to give his daughter to ultimately Rudy Giuliani. Oh, but, that I know that story. Yeah. Right. But before, as he was going through the process, because he was in a gulag for his uh, his thing 14 years ago, and when the Kazakh government got him out, they injected him with some type of vaccination to keep him from getting whatever the Americans have. When in fact, it was the coronavirus itself. They show you, they show up putting a bat into a blender and then they inject it. So it was Borad spreading the virus everywhere in America. And I could see the reverse happening where somebody in the White House is like, hey, let's vaccinate Santa and have him cough on little kids and boom, pandemic over. <laughs> Santa coughed on kids and they didn't get COVID. Right. They were actually cured. <laughs> I do it. Write it. Write it in. I want to see it. Uh, I could see how somebody in the White House, like, hasn't the White House, this White House, kind of been fooled before? And I yes. can't, I can't think of an instance. Um, well, the, the Giuliani thing, but hasn't there been any other examples where they've been fooled and somebody's like, no, that that that, that was completely a joke, and people on um, staff took it as serious? I think so. I think so, but I can't think of it at the moment. So, yeah, um, I, I don't think it was the, the craziest idea that we've heard, especially this year. It's been a wild year. But um, that's it for today, unless you got anything else. I got nothing. You got nothing? All I right, well, um, there's a World Series game on tonight. I could have started. You're going to love Craft Country me to death. Like, Matt gets me with love death robots, so... No, I won't. I just feel like you'll once you watch it, you're going to be like the other show we watched that you took forever to watch. Um, and then we came back and you really loved it. I Which forget one? The, name. the one with... Um, Not the plot show, right? The one with the, with the demon. Um, the demon. The demon. And the guy, oh, you love this guy too. And you're like, I didn't know he was in it. Jason Bateman is in it. I hate him. Oh, uh, and he dies early. Oh, I bailed on that show. You did? Yeah. We're Jason, well, shit. Where Jason Bateman gets shot in the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this, there was a Stephen King thing. I was like, this is too drawn out. Like, I went the well, end already. Well, shit. Sorry. Right, yeah. Uh, God, it's going to bug me now. Yep. Can't think of it. Yeah. It, it just dragged on too long. Can't think of it. The Barbarian on Netflix. If the English dubbing is okay, that looks like my kind of show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You didn't watch what I told you to watch. Lovecraft Country? Yeah. Find something else. It's not, I'm, I'm not like in a, averse to, to black people. It's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. What's another show with a lot of black people in it that I can get into for you? I don't know. The Wire. I don't know. I've never seen The Wire. Oh. <laughs> I try, I've tried The Wire multiple times. And the early aughts, the, the 2000s technology just didn't fly with me. Ah, fair. Okay. Like this whole this whole project could have been wrapped up with like two cell phone calls, but they're working on a payphone. Hmm. So it's why I would never tell anybody to watch The Sopranos now. Yeah, I don't. I like, there's no way Tony gets away that. with any of this stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we will uh, we will talk later this week. We will talk via text later. Okay. Bye. Bye.